Hey, Lauren, do you want to hear about a good deal? Why, yes, Mason, I would love to. Good, because I have a deal with your name on it. Tell me more! Well, in that case, GoDaddy.com is offering the best deals of a lifetime. For only $3.59 a month for a year, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. Amazing! What do I get with the economy package? You get 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts. You can get your website up and running. I can? Yeah. When you check out, enter code MUGGLE. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. And save 10% on any order. Can you spell that again? Yeah, I can. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. Wow. Do any restrictions apply? Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's MuggleNet podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders was there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that has bewitched the world with some of Harry's most dedicated fans. Listen in to watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders book club discussion at bordersmedia.com slash Potter, or click on the Borders banner at the top of the MuggleNet page. Welcome. Jeez. Oh, man. Guys. Jeez. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. What a big surprise. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, MuggleCast Live in Pittsburgh. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. You're in, uh, you're in store for some good Deathly Hollows discussion and some awesome Wizard Rock from the Remus Lupins. We're also celebrating a couple birthdays today. Does everyone know? Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. Brandon, can you do me a favor? Can you give me that Target bag over there? We were just at Target shopping for birthday supplies. And uh, there's a few birthdays today. Thank you. Does anyone like some hats or some streamers? Well, oh, well we have one little bag we didn't really buy for everyone. I was sort of addressing the panel. It's her birthday. Oh, it's her birthday? What's, yeah. what's your name? Oh, it's not? Oh, okay. Is there someone named uh, Zoe here? Zoe? Is that you? Can you come on up? Andrew. Andrew, why don't you card her just to make sure? Because everyone's saying it's their birthday. Yeah, yeah. Now. Can we see some identification, please? No, no. I, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I've been, I've been talking with your mom. You didn't know that. but I was, so, <laughs> Yeah, way. I have her number. We call each other all the time. Anyway... <laughs> Hey, it's Zoe's birthday today. It's also Harry Potter's birthday today. It's also J.K. Rowling's birthday today. So to kick off the show, why don't we have a rousing rendition of Happy Birthday? I'm sure we'll do it again later with Remus Lupins, okay? It's on three, guys. Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday song? Is it in oh, the UK? Man, this is going to be bad. Oh, I've never I'll, heard I'll, it. I'll, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. We can yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Okay, good. Okay, on three. One, two, two three. three. Happy Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Zoe, J.K. Rowling, and Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Happy birthday to you. 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 Happy birthday to you
to you. Yeah! Party hats, everybody. Woo! Oh, wonderful. I guess. Fine, Emerson. Just take my party hat. There we go. Yes! Okay, anyway, we'll get to the rest of the party, party stuff later. But uh, has everyone read Deathly Hallows, first of all? All right. That, that's good. That's good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to spoil the heck out of you. We'll be discussing here, the book so. today. So. We're going to be talking Deathly Hollows today because uh, the book's been out for like a week now. And. We, we can't speculate anymore. There we go. I said a week. Sorry, a week, seven days, something like that. Anyway. It came uh, out on the 21st, guys. I'd say a week and a half. So a week and a half. Ten days. Came Ten out on the 21st. Sorry. 31st. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. I can count. Okay, so anyway, let's get on track here. Uh, we've been having a main discussion uh, at all these shows that we've done. Uh, we've talked about Snape, Dumbledore, Voldemort, Ron, Hermione. So uh, who better to talk about today than Harry Potter? I agree. Woo! But before we get there, I just want to say that after doing... No. No. Yeah, he does. Um, I just wanted to say that after we've been to all these borders and all these libraries, this is such a nice change for doing a podcast inside one of these things. It's very cool. Don't you agree? We, we do like the outdoor. We do like yeah, the outdoor. It's, it's very fun. pretty. It's pretty. Do you very it's much. Nice. But on to the main discussion. Uh, as Andrew said, we've been taking one character for each stop on our podcast tour. We've covered Snape, Dumbledore, Hermione, Ron, and I think Voldemort. someone else who I can't remember. Yeah, Voldemort. Uh, so now uh, we're going to take everything to its culmination and discuss Harry, since, you know, obviously Harry Potter and everything. He's the main character. So what we wanted to talk about was how he's changed in the first six books and then how the seventh book has completely changed our perceptions of him, whether we think he's more angsty, uh, more brave, all those kind of things or not. So why don't we start with a few points here from the panel. Mikey? Well, uh, I think Harry definitely kind of grew up in uh, book seven, definitely. You know, he kind of figured things out. You know, Hermione was uh, louder. Stand up for people to see us as we talk. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, Harry definitely uh, grew up quite a bit uh, during book seven. Um, it's book tourish. Yeah, you know, it's been a book tour, so we've been sitting down, you know, in the lounge area, uh, relaxing, talking about books. Um, but Harry grew up in book seven, I think, especially when it came down to he realized he had to kind of die, which was nice, kind of, yeah, maybe. Uh, but he came up and he realized, you know, he grew up there versus like book five, you know, or the Phoenix where he's like all caps Harry, very angsty and angry, like, I'm angry at you. But Mikey, I'd like to disagree and say that Harry hasn't grown up because you keep making the point that any grown, mature man would not jump into a pool of icy cold water with a horcrux around his neck. Completely naked. Completely you naked. You speak for yourself, yeah. sir. You well, speak I, for yourself. I personally Mikey, wouldn't. just because you're a nudist doesn't mean all rational people do that. <laughs> yeah, you See, know, you mysteriously find Godric Gryffindor's sword laying at the bottom of this ice-freezing no, no, cold pool. It could pool. not be a sword as well. He's like... It, it, you know, he thinks it's his sword, but he could be wrong. Harry's this wrong is after lot. you're chasing this this mystical, ghostly oh, animal oh. through the forest, and so you see this this sword at the bottom of this this freezing cold pool. So what do you do? You strip naked and jump in. No, you go back. You tell Hermione what happened. You let Hermione, the adult, figure it out, sort it out. You know, be rational. I'm sure there's a spell he could have used. 
you know, I think he just wanted to take a dip. He was kind of hot. Just cool himself off. He saw something in the water. Who that knows? Anyway, Jamie, what do you think about Harry? What well, Bo- I think about Harry? Um, Has he grown? I think he's grown up a bit, but I think he's realized what he can and can't do now. So he isn't clever like Hermione, and he's actually pretty dumb, to be honest, isn't he, Harry See, Potter? It's, I'm Harry uh, Potter. He, he's, he's, I think Harry Potter is innately talented, but I yeah. think, and I've made this point a couple times before, Harry is, is given this quest by Dumbledore in the sixth book where he has to track down all these horcruxes and kill, ultimately kill the greatest wizard alive. And so what does Harry do in his free time? He just kind of sits around and goes with the flow, whereas Hermione uses all her time and energy to read books and to further her skills and learn more magic. And Harry just takes everything completely for granted, and he gets lucky over and over and over. And I love the kid. We really do. We love Harry Potter. We run a Harry Potter website. But if it weren't for Hermione saving his butt over and over and over again in that last book... He'd be dead by now so easily. And we've been talking about, throughout every stop, we've been talking about how... These are fun. We've been talking about how Harry will wake up completely not knowing where he is, probably camping again, and there will be Hermione standing next to him, all bushy-haired, saying, well, Harry, that was a close one again. You know, yeah, so he has a near-death experience every, like, every three two pages seconds. in that book. Well, that was the thing we were talking about. One of the things we sort of speculated about uh, in the first hundred episodes of MuggleCast, I mean, Harry has made so many narrow escapes. I just said, now it's time for him to bite the dust. I mean, he's missed out too many times. And J.K. Rowling has even said... J.K. Rowling has even said that uh, she has considered uh, having the trio, one, one member of the trio, dying. So it's not that absurd of a statement to make. Well, he kind of died, didn't he? Or did no. He? <sighs> no, no I, I've been making, again, this is another one of those points I've been making. Harry Potter did not die in that book. He absolutely did not die. You cannot die and come back to life. J.K. Rowling has been very, very clear about that in the past. She yeah. said in the interview that we did, or the, sorry, the transcript uh, on Monday, that Harry was not dead. She said he was in a limbo between life and death. And we had a theory before, which was confirmed. And she said that the, the fact that Harry, when he was having this, when he was lost in his mind somewhere, and he's at King's Cross Station, that was sort of the purgatory where he has to decide whether, you know, which direction to go, what to get on the train or not to get on the train, to choose between living or dying. Okay, but so if he that's wasn't right, died. He kind of died, though. No, you can't of. kind of die. Well, okay, you're either but, alive or you're dead. Yeah, J.K. No, no. Rowling said he was in limbo. He's yeah, limbo, limbo, but you can't be so, half dead. Yeah. Guys, guys. I think the Harry answer Potter is, is not Jesus. Emerson, I think the answer is he wasn't alive. He wasn't dead. He was just in limbo. He was okay, he but, was right, but, sort of but he didn't the die two. though, because in order to die, he would have had to actually get on that to choose death. He would have had to get on the train, right? And he would have had to choose to end his life because in so many interviews, J.K. Rowling has made it very clear that when a wizard is dead, he does not come back. And Harry Potter was clearly alive at the end of that book. Who was Dumbledore Thus, then? he did not die. Who was Dumbledore at King's Cross? Was he a real Dumbledore come back to talk to him? Or was he just a part of Harry's brain telling him things he already knew? He was, it was probably... Well, he was in limbo, so somehow spiritual Dumbledore, who was already dead, was able to communicate with Harry while he was in that kind of purgatory. I think that's pretty good. Fair enough. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Anything else you want to address about Harry before we call the uh, audience? Well, what about Ben Shane? I haven't heard from him yet. Ben? It's really hot in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm Ben Shane. I don't know. I mean, the rest of them pretty much covered it. I think that he's still kind of an idiot, even after seven books. But he started to figure out a little bit more, which is more than you could say for most people. So. But has he really, though? Someone was kind of angry at Joe... uh, 
at the web chat, uh, d- during the web chat, uh, someone said to Joe, well, why on earth did you use, uh, have him use the Cruciatus curse? Why, didn't, why would you make him do that? He's hairy. He wouldn't do that. And Joe said, he's just as, I can't remember the exact word she said. He's human, since he's, mor- he's, he's mortal, basically, yeah, he like would- the rest of us. Like Dumbledore, right. he has his own set of problems. And, right. he, and, and it was an extreme and circumstance, too. I mean, he needed to do it in order to control the situation. So it wasn't like he just did it out of you know, cold blood and trying to hurt somebody. He did it because he had to. Yeah. yeah. Harry's not perfect, and Joe said that. So his two biggest fallacies is his anger and kind of his pride at certain but times. Do you think he won because of himself, or do you think the entire battle was won because of Hermione and his friends and the people who helped him? I, I think it was Harry himself. Like I said, uh, Harry, I think, matured a little bit. He realized he had to die. And by him giving up himself for his friends and family... That was still, actually, there was no family left anymore. Um, but for his friends, it kind of put it so that way. He grew up, and it was him that gave him the extra protection and everything. But, but, but he got so much help throughout the entire books. Dumbledore told him what to do. Snape oh, yeah. then let him, you know, without these people, Harry would not have had any idea where to go for the Horcruxes or anything like that. Yeah. Is everybody able to under, like, follow all this, understand what we're saying? Because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of feedback, and I'm just not sure if you guys in the back can hear us okay. So give me some heads or some... Yeah, no. Okay, good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, right. we're good, Emerson. We're good, Sparty. So um, uh, you want to open it up now for feedback? Does anyone have any thoughts yeah. about Harry? Say, like, uh, any problems you have? With, raise your hand if you do. Any or any favorite, about Harry, or favorite any, scenes with Harry? You know, he any thoughts? funny. Come on Did, up here and uh, say your Harry name. Harry Potter had uh, two semi-naked scenes in the book. Yeah. And, uh, Someone came up to me yesterday and was like, Do you, I, I think I know exactly why Joe did that. And I said, I think I know, too. It's probably because J.K. Rowling wants to see Dan Radcliffe uh, in the flesh again. Like, you know what, exactly what I was thinking. Did she say that? Did this girl say yes. that? Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, what's your name? Where are you from? Kate from Pittsburgh. Um, when the part of Voldemort that was in Harry got killed... Did Harry lose his ability to speak Parseltongue? Did he lose yes. all, yeah, any greatness that. that he had? So he's just the dumb guy he would have been without Voldemort to begin yep. with. So Basically. he's even worse than through the seven books. Yes. No, I, I would say he's even worse. I mean, well, no, no. He, just he, just doesn't have, he just doesn't have the ability to speak Parseltongue anymore. I mean, it was never really explicitly stated in the books what powers Harry... Like, there wasn't a list of powers that Harry got from Voldemort. I mean, I'm sure he's still pretty adept magically. I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah. Plus, I'm, th- I'm sure Harry's happy not to be able to talk to snakes anymore. It's kind of something from his past he doesn't want to bring up. I don't know. I just would... I don't picture Harry wishing he still be, had the capability to talk to snakes, you know, later on in his life. Yeah. He does want to move on. Move on. Touch a scargo. It's not hurting anymore. Any other thoughts, questions? Anybody want to come up and tell us about Harry? If you do have something to say, come up, make a line on either side. We have somebody right here. Name? Come on my side to win a free party hat. I'm Zoe. I'm from Pittsburgh. Yes! Yes, Pittsburgh! Um, And, like, we were talking about Harry using the unforgivable curses, but, like, he used, yeah, he used the imperious curse, but Griphook told him to, so, like... So, yeah. So he's even more useless than we thought, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Griphook told him to, and it was, like, an extreme circumstance because he was going to get, like, killed by the Gringotts people. And, yeah. 
But, um, and then he did use the Cruciatus curse. He used it in the sixth book, too. He tried to use it on Bellatrix. Or the fifth. The fifth, sorry. Um, he tried to use it on Bellatrix, but it didn't really work. He wasn't mean enough. He didn't mean it. But then he did. Like, he took her advice. Which is a yeah, weird. obviously there are separate circumstances. And when he used the Imperius curse, I think the war had gone so far then that, you know, everything went. Voldemort would use them. Harry has to be Voldemort, so Voldemort should have the same powers that... Uh, sorry, so Harry should have the same vo- powers that Voldemort has the entire way. So I think everything went by then. You want to go take another point? point? Yeah. Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? I'm Claire from D.C. And I was wondering... Wait, did you say D.C. as in, like, Washington, D.C.? Yeah, as in Washington, D.C. That's wow. Five That's hours? five hours. Five hours, yeah. yeah. Ben and I made that drive wow. in the middle of the night. About a month ago, last time. Where, was anybody? Did anybody come and see Ben and I when we were here in Pittsburgh? About a month ago. Got some hands up. Cool, cool. Mugglecast brings out the real crowds, though. Yep. I, I think Remus Lupin is too. Okay. So, why do you think in the last scene Harry chose only to talk to Neville? He didn't talk to Ginny. He didn't tell Ron Hermione where he was going. He didn't tell any of the Weasleys where he was going. He talked to Neville. Why did he trust Neville? Because they shared the connection, the sort of it, it could have been Neville who was in Harry's place, I think. And Harry trusted him because Neville has n- never ever led him astray, shown him loyalty, unlike people like Seamus who have, you know, once in a while said, you know, well, I don't think you're telling the truth. But Neville has always been there for Harry, even through books one, even, even in the first book, he was his friend straight away. And yeah. he's still his friend now, so that's probably why he trusted him. And Harry saw how much he changed in the book. I mean, Harry, Neville really did a full 180, which is one of the reasons why I sort of assumed he would be one of the people who was going to uh, get knocked off. But instead, he knocked off the snake. Mikey? I also yeah. think it was kind of convenient that Neville was just right there as he was exactly. walking away. Yeah. Yeah. So I think thing. that's probably why. Yes. I don't know. So, if, so Mikey, if Voldemort had just been standing there, would he have entrusted it to him? Maybe. He's like, hey, Voldy, you need to kill that snake. Because, yeah. Maybe Mikey, not. Mikey. Who knows? Mikey, for one final time. Give it up. Everybody, let's give it up to Molly Weasley. Seriously. (laughs) How cool was that? How cool was that? Yeah, Ben Shane. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Shane. Molly Weasley, everybody. Come on. Can you not imagine the movie? You know, you got got Hermione, you got Ginny, and you got Luna, you know, dueling Bellatrix in like a triangle formation. It's going all cool. And then Bellatrix is like, I've had a cadaver and misses Ginny by just a hair. And Molly Louise is like, get away from my daughter, you witch! <laughs> yes, we replaced the B with a W on MuggleCast because it's still a kid's show. I love how you acted out. I always well. acted out. It's, it's amazing. It's just like, it's going to be so cool! I, I get a little excited ben, when I talk about wouldn't you agree books. that it was Mikey's choice to act it out? And there's one character in the Harry Potter series. Okay. So why, why would Molly Weasley do such a thing, Ben Chain? There is a reason, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Dum- I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I think Dumbledore may have said it best, Ben Chain. It is our choices, Harry. Far more than our abilities. Determine what we truly are. He goes to work into every show, Ben Chain, everybody. How amazing is he? Well, we, we have a lot of questions. Do you the, say the, the thing is, though, now that J.K. Rowling has said that B word, I think that means we can. I, I don't know. I feel that's kind of a potty word. So, like, can I call you that on the show? I mean, no. is, is that cool? <laughs> no, that's still offensive, Ben. <laughs> the Alcatraz shirt on today. Anyway. I'll still call him a witch. Here, here's a party ad. What's your name? Where are you from? We have people up here. Oh, sorry. Let me give you a mic because that's important. Name, right, age, Elizabeth, where are you from? I'm uh, Elizabeth from Pittsburgh here. And, um, Pittsburgh. 
My question is, if you guys have figured out like who learned magic later in life, like if she, you thought she about brought that, that up in the web chat too. She said that, uh, yeah, she forgot about that and just sort of changed your mind, basically. By book three, she decided oh, it's yeah. over. I don't need to put that yeah. in anymore. Which doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. Didn't she to... say that after book three, or that, is that I, just I what everyone's been I, dwelling on? I don't know. She can do whatever she wants. She's Joe Rowling. Yeah, her excuse is that she thought it, she said that before book three, but then she changed her mind. So whatever. Luckily, someone brought that up in the web chat because otherwise we would have been like, who is it? Badly or is it Harry? Wait, I yeah, think it was Andrew Sims like who got magic, everybody. Anyway, we have some people over here. And what's your name? Where are you from? I'm Marissa from Pittsburgh. And my question was, do you think the only reason that Harry was going to be sorted into um, Slytherin, Slytherin was because a piece of Voldemort was in him? Yes, we do, actually. And um, that brings me to another point uh, that, yes, I have been making for the past several events because you have to understand, Ben and I spent the entire summer, every single city we went to, we spent probably about half, half each trip defending a certain theory that was not popular, extremely unpopular, actually. He's and right, we got lots, lots, lots of nasty looks and lots of nasty arguments over that we were suddenly found to be vindicated over in the seventh book. We proposed that Harry was a horcrux, and we were laughed at. Over and over Over and and over. And I believed him, though. So now, we take a moment here to tutor on horns. He's waiting for an applause for us, so if you just give it some... Tutor birthday horns for Harry Potter, everybody. We also... uh, I'm having fun. We also offered all... This is fun. We, we also offered odds that Dobby wasn't going to die at 100 to 1, so that kind of gets away from it, but <laughs> okay. I think we did well. And we didn't accurately predict the death of every single one of like the 35 million characters who died in the book. I apologize yep. for that. All 35 million. <sighs> There's a yeah. lot of behind the scenes. What were your odds for somebody was... stabbing him in the chest? Uh, like, quite high. Yeah. If you put money on that, you'd be a millionaire by now. <laughs> Two to one. Re- really? How sad was Hedwig's death? Really? That was sad. Moment of silence for Hedwig, please. It's a bird. Okay. That was good. I like how J.K. Rowling explained that, though. In the web chat, she said that uh, that marked the end of his childhood, which I thought... Well, the symbolism's all there with a pure, brilliant, white, snowy owl and that dying and the animal symbolism. So I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. I guess it's good, Andrew. Should we take a next question? Sure. Just take another one. What's your name? Where are you from? Here's a party hat. Oh, sorry. I guess that's the better line. They get free gifts when they go to that side. I'm sorry, guys. Andrew doesn't um, give me stuff. I'm Caitlin, and I'm from Kane. That's from that's from Pennsylvania, by the way. Wow! Give it up for Kane, Pennsylvania. Four thousand people. Yeah. Um, going back to uh, the secret keeper thing on her website, the discrepancy. Do you think she just like changed her mind, or did she forget that she wrote that? It's, well, it's to do with Dumbledore dying and it going into his... Do you want to explain it a bit more? Because I'm not entirely yeah, what sure. You, on her website, she said that when the secret keeper dies, the it, secret dies with them, so no one else can find the place but the people that were in on the secret. But in Deathly Hollows, when the secret keeper dies, everyone in turn becomes the secret keeper. She, I so, think she probably just... Right, I think, I think it makes sense. I mean, I think what she said on her website was that the secret dies with them, but if they shared the secret with other people... She never specified on her website whether or not that makes them a secret keeper, which is what she cleared up in the... Wasn't that explained in the book, though? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. What what was said on the website, because I actually was reading the website today for some reason. Um, It was actually that the 
the curse or the protection charm does not get lifted, but she never explained how like it went on beyond that. She said that the charm still exists, and then in book seven she explained that um, everybody who knew was in on the secret becomes the secret keeper. And now with like the thirty some odd people from the order and the kids and everyone that they knew the secret, they all were kind of at risk at revealing their secret. Okay. I think so. Thank yeah. you. Sounds about right. Okay, we have some people over here. What's your name? Maddie from Pittsburgh. Um, my question is, why didn't Harry name a kid after Sirius? I mean, he named one after every single person in the world except for Sirius. She actually posted on her website uh, that Albus Severus, she missed out his third middle name. It was Albus Severus Sirius. Yeah, and didn't they get a black dog named Sirius too? I don't I'm making that up. We're joking, by the way, yeah. I'm sorry. They made that up. They didn't call it Tad Foot or Sirius. It's called Ben Shane. Okay. Next question. Hi, where are you from? Here's a party hat. Celebrate the festivities today. Hi, I'm Spencer from Pittsburgh. Uh, I was wondering, I don't know how long ago it was that J.K. Rowling said that she saw something in the Prisoner of Azkaban movie that she thought people would look back on and think was foreshadowing something from Deathly Hallows. I was wondering what it was and if it could be that like, she thought people would think that Snape conjured the Patronus yeah. on the, at the lake with the Dementors because he has a doe Patronus and it might be mistaken for a stag. Hey. Huh. That's something, an interesting question. Something interesting. someone else pointed out um, at another event we did is maybe it was when uh, it was either Fred or George was joking about um, after Harry falls off his broom that they made a joke about falling off of the astronomy tower, which then in Half Blood Prince Dumbledore obviously falls off of. So they were saying maybe that's the foreshadowing that they did unintentionally. That's quite a small hint, though. That's like yeah, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, but if it was unintentional, then. It probably wasn't anything major. I like the dough thing, though. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, Very yeah. good idea. Yeah. It, it, he question. thought it was his dad, though. It was, was the shrunken head. Someone's going to have to ask oh, a joke. Yeah, the shrunken head. Yeah. Shrunken head's like a horcrux. Take it away, Ern. Should we take a question from that yeah. side? We'll question from this side. I know. Hi, I'm Katie from Pittsburgh. Um, and my question was just, Harry seemed to be in the right place at the right time when Snape um, died. And what do you think would have happened if he had gone there after Snape died? He'd be covered in the memories and he'd just have to scoop it up off his body and put it into a glass. Wow, Sorry. that's kind of gruesome, Jamie. Um, um, had well, he not died, I, I think, had, had Harry not been there, I mean, he, would probably, he probably would have faced Voldemort and... Uh, I mean, he, never, he wouldn't have known Snape's true loyalty, obviously, and he wouldn't have known that he's a horcrux, but, I mean, I don't know if it would it have changed the outcome, do you think? Yeah, because he, he wouldn't have found out everything about him, so he wouldn't have wandered into danger knowing he had to die and all that kind of thing. It was instrumental, but it was just luck, as you say, that uh, Harry was there at the right time. Yeah, he also wouldn't have known he was a horcrux, too. So he wouldn't have been able to open the snitch and all those wonderful... <laughs> Things yeah. that just coincidentally happened because Harry is so lucky as the boy who lived and gets everything handled. The boy who left out. Yeah. It's his new name. You know, he has a murderer after him. He's a very lucky boy. What's your name? Where are you from? Oh, it's my turn. My name is Mary, and I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, can I get a party hat? Sure. Sweet. That's why she came up here. She just wants a party hat. I still got the blow. Okay. Uh, does anybody else wonder... What happened to the people that the Resurrection Stone was used on? Because it said that they came back sort of as ghosts. But do you think that they stayed like that? Or they went back to being dead? Because as... I think they went back to being dead. Everyone's argued, like, oh, he didn't actually die, he was in limbo. But 
he assumed that they would go away after he sacrificed himself and died. So what happened to them then? They went away when he dropped the stone. So the stone itself is what gave him the power to bring him back, but he doesn't actually bring him back to life. And since he dropped the stone, um, Joe actually answered in her transcript, like, what happened to it? Since he dropped it somewhere in the forest, she's like, I imagine, like, one of the centaurs stepping on it and again buried and no one ever finding it again. So I hope that kind of answers your question where it's like, the stone is what has the power because that's one of the three Deathly Hallows. I always imagined it like a priori incantatum thing when they came out, but they were vapory and they didn't last long and you knew they weren't real, but then they went away, you know? I thought of them as like pudding because it's kind of tasty. By the way, that, uh, that hat looks a bit like, in joke. A, a bit like in a rumpet horn and that, those are bad news, so be yeah, careful with that are. thing. Be careful with those. It's very true. Okay, uh, hi, my name's Josh from Pittsburgh, and I sort of have, like, a question and a sort of thing, and I sort of agree with you guys when you said that Harry was a horcrux, because technically he does follow the definition of one, part of his soul, like, kind of into something. Are you going to say but? Huh? But. He no, is I'm a not going to say but, I'm but. just agreeing with you guys. All right, okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, thank also, you. Also, um, she said that, like, he, Harry didn't mean the curses in the books and that just sort of kind of makes me confused because when he did the Cruciatus curse on Bellatrix uh, I think he would have meant it because his godfather just died and she had killed her I don't really know what's up with that I think I always thought the point was that um, you have to want to hurt them whereas she just wanted well sorry whereas Harry just wanted you know revenge he didn't well, actually want to cause uh, pain so that sheer emotion alone isn't enough to to, to actually make the curse work. Like, yeah. I think it has to be something you're conditioned to do. You have to be conditioned to be just like the art of hurting people. I mean, I really think that's what it is. Yeah. And he just wanted to get her out of the way. He, he didn't want to cause her pain. He just wanted to kill her. I'd say that's probably it. But. Okay. okay. Next one. What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Lonnie. I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, say that again. I'm Lonnie. I'm from Pittsburgh. Woo! Anyone here from Exton? Exton? Murraysville? Yes. Used to live there. All right. Wow. When Neville and Professor Sprout and all the people who are carrying mandrakes to throw at the Death Eaters, they all have earmuffs on. But Harry passes them, and he doesn't have earmuffs, and like all the others on the castling grounds, why don't they die? Because the cry of the mandrake is fatal. See, J.K. Rowling, when she writes these books, it's not perfect. I, is there a good explanation for that? I mean, I guess that's why the chapter was called The Flaw in the Plan. Maybe. Did, did he cast Muffliato and he didn't hear it perfectly? Do you have to really hear it? The mandrakes were in the pots. Uh, yeah. They were in the pots and they were going to like pull them out of the pots. Well, yeah, but when they throw them, why don't everyone else on the grounds die? <laughs> because no, didn't Flitwick cost the Mafiliato um, charm on the castle? Wasn't that one of the things he was doing? I don't think so. I don't know. Let's keep an eye I on these two. I have a feeling there's going to be a brawl after the show. Yeah. I got an answer. I got an answer for that. They know each other. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> they know each other, folks. All right. I, I don't it's know. a book. Maybe, maybe they were perfect. in the pod. Maybe they still were in the pod. Maybe they weren't pulled out yet. But they did have earmuffs. So. See, I almost feel like I must feel like the. Uh, they're kind of one of those little little creatures that could be used if, if it was if, if it was real for whatever reason. They could just throw one of them out in the middle, right. like the Hogwarts grounds, and then it'd be like a, it'd be like a magical bomb. 
Because everybody around would just drop. <laughs> okay. That's your point. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> no, Can you yeah, imagine right. just like going... It's not a funny in his head, I'm dying. sure. Anyway, they should pack like a hundred mandrakes into a bomb, then just drop it. That would work. Yeah. That would cover everywhere. By the way, this guy right here, I can't help but notice, he's wearing the Mugglenet shirt from the England podcast. Were you there? Yeah, you were there. Yeah, I recognize you. What are you doing here? Just out of curiosity. Oh, nice. Wow. Check that out, Jamie. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Waterstones called the podcast. Can you turn around and show the audience? Mugglenet's, what does it say, biggest ever podcast event? That was the name of it. Huh? Uh, yeah, it was 100th episode, yeah. Yeah, nice shirts. Not for sale, sorry, folks. All right. Uh, hold on. Oh, on the right there? Well, he can sell it if he wants to. It's yeah, he to can him. sell it, sure. We'll start the, right. the bidding. At... On the right, Mikey? Go on, then. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm from Manaka, Pennsylvania, and my question is, Baltimore killed Snape, but do you, any of you think Snape is still evil? No. He's a jerk. <laughs> I'm going to refer the, to the web chat again. J.K. Rowling sees Snape as a hero. Uh, yeah. he, an anti-hero. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if J.K. Rowling doesn't think he's evil, then I don't think we should. I agree. After the, uh, after the event yesterday, somebody actually asked, came up and asked a really good question that made me think for a second. They said, which character do you think had the worst life? And I was thinking about all characters who might have had bad childhoods, like Voldemort and Dumbledore and Harry. And I was thinking, it has to be Snape. I agree. Yeah. Because Voldemort yeah. was, was obviously in a different kind of ballgame because he, was, he, he wasn't capable of feeling love. And he, he didn't feel that hurt that Snape must have been feeling every minute of every day by yeah. not having, you know, by, by ha- never being able to get Lily and by being mistreated and always being an outcast. Voldemort enjoyed his life near the end as well. He liked the power. He liked operating alone. Whereas Snape, you know, he went from that horrible childhood that you just described into a life where he was playing double agents. He didn't know who to trust. Everyone else hated him. So, and then he died um, with Hogwarts thinking that he was a traitor. So I agree. He had the saddest life. What, what, what about Harry, though? I mean, his was pretty bad, too, wasn't it? Yeah, but at least he's now grown up with a person he loves and the children he loves as well. And, and not dying and early at the hands the of Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, exactly. I think Snape. I agree. Okay, next question. That was yeah. a nice moment. I'm Jess from Pittsburgh here. And my question is, throughout the books, we've seen so many people help Harry. Who do you guys think helped him the most? Like, Hermione. The most? Hermione, yeah. Oh, wait, Dumbledore is a lot, too, though. Yeah. Dumbledore, too. But, but, but he wouldn't have been able to, uh, he wouldn't have been able to win had Hermione not been there. So yeah. I'm going to say Hermione. Yeah, he would. And, yeah. And yeah, he would have died about 10,000 times by now without it, Hermione. Like Hermione, a, just she's read so many books, she always knows the right spell for the situation. And while Harry's, Harry's, Harry's his, his strategy is just to go barging into whatever house or whatever thing he's trying to figure, like God's Hotel or whatever, and Hermione, no, Harry, slow down. We need a plan. We make sure we've cast all the right spells. We've covered all our angles. But Harry's just, he's such a Gryffindor. He doesn't really plan things out like maybe he should. Like in the fifth book when, you know, he, he has this image of Sirius in his head. And, oh, I know what I got to do. I got to go by myself into the Department of Mysteries to go face Voldemort. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to take him down. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Well, I've always and then Hermione's it. like, no, Harry. You need us. Yeah. And she was absolutely right. right. Harry would have been completely screwed on his own. I've always seen it as like a triangle. So at the top you have Harry, then you have Dumbledore and Hermione. Dumbledore gives Harry the clues, but he's too stupid to figure them out. So then they go down to Hermione. She figures them out and tells Harry. That's a a good one. That about sums up every book. Yeah. Except in Deathly Hollows, where Harry figured out the Deathly Hollows before Hermione. 
Wow, one thing. Hermione, seven kept, books. Hermione kept him alive through the first yeah. five hundred hey, pages. That's bugging so. me, I'm by just the saying, way. Harry something, figured it out. This is this is this is something that's bugging me. Is it's Hallows, not Hallows, by the way. Hallows, okay. Hallows. I'll never just, get just it to right. Clear that up. I, I keep messing it up. I'm sorry. Wait, what is it? It is Hallows. 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 Yeah. Hallows. Hello. I just feel weird saying hellos. I don't know why. Hellos. Hello. Ah, that's a funny joke, right, everybody? No, okay. We have a few more people. Good one, Mikey. Hi, I'm Justine from Pittsburgh. Um, at the end of the book, Harry says that if he dies a natural death, that the Elder Wands' like, powers will go away. But uh, Malfoy gets the wand from disarming Dumbledore, and then Harry gets it from disarming Malfoy. So if someone disarms Harry, won't they get They'll yeah, they will. So is it really as simple as disarming somebody, though? I mean, well, No, they say that one law is very precise, so it might work sometimes. It might not work the next time. So I think it just depends on the context of the situation. That's what Ollivander said. I, really, do you guys think anyone in the Wizarding World is going to be like, all right, Harry beat Lord Voldemort. I want to go duel Harry because, come on. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to disarm you. And I want my one. shot. I don't know about you. Yeah. I, you know what? I wouldn't want to try even. I'm like, I, want, I would rather shake his hand and be like, good job, guy. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to see for book 12 or something like that to come out. Next question. We know that. See, one question I'd like to ask J.K. Rowling is what happened to the wand? After he uses it to fix his own wand... Would he destroy it? Would he? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine it. He's gonna bury it. Like that is so burying stupid sound very, and rash. I know. Burying. I mean, in the, in the magical world, you're just gonna bury something. I think like he would. Yeah, that's a fair point. What? Back in the, but I feel like that's almost. Like, Voldemort already got it out of there once. Like, what's, why would he really just decide to leave it in the tomb and then hope no one goes and digs up the tomb like one person just did 100 pages ago? Well, I, feel like Harry, I feel like he should destroy the wand. Hermione will be there possible. and cast all the charms over it that protect it. And she'll help him out. That's what will happen. One thing that really bothered me in the book that I sort of found like borderline disgusting was when Voldemort opened up Dumbledore's tomb to get the wand out. That was just that like, kind of bad. It yeah. was so like disrespectful, disrespectful, not that Voldemort cares, but still, I felt offended. I was like, what? Why are you opening it up? Not cool. Yeah. Well, he's Voldemort. What do you expect? I didn't okay, expect him to drop down and kneel is, and pray before his grave. No, but you the know, point so. he was trying to make is just that it was kind of like a gross thing. It was gross, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Ew. I mean, okay. this is the same guy who's like chopping his soul up into like make, you know, yeah. soul kind of soup so he doesn't care about looking at another corpse. He's already killed so many people. Yeah, yeah. He also used his dad's bone to get, you know, come back to life. With the body, it's kind of gross too when you think about it. Dad, bone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Next question. I'm Jordan from Princeton, West Virginia, and um, I know before Book Seven came out, there was lots of speculation that all four of the marauder- marauders had to die, and I wondered what you guys thought about that, especially since Lupin wasn't originally intended to die, but then he did. And they, they did. Did anyone else notice that they did end up dying in reverse order? Order, Mooney, Wormtail, Pathfoot, Prongs. Yeah, they did. They did end up dying in reverse yeah. order. That was a big theory. Everyone was really relying on that for some reason. We were, I was kind of disappointed with Wormtail's death. I, I expected it to actually be something really sacrificial rather than him just, you know. I didn't think you could strangle yourself either. Well, I think it was the hand, the magic hey. ability behind the hand that did it. Yeah, I agree. Huh? All right, two more quick questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I know. I suck. 
I'm Jolie from Shaler outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I wanted to know how Harry was able to just get into Grimald Place simply by saying, I didn't kill you. Wouldn't Snape have been able to say the same thing and get in? Harry was always able to get into Grimald Place, just like Snape was, but it was the, um, the kind of the dust uh, Dumbledore was the way to repel that, was to say that you didn't kill Dumbledore. But- yeah, well, exactly. That's what I thought. What would Snape have said if he? Well, I would. Ass- I would assume Snape would just like you know conjured a dustbuster and it's like by Dumbledore. Pro- but, probably, Mikey. But <laughs> that would be kind of cool. You know, seeing that in the movie or something like that. That would be very cool. Um, but no, like to get into Grimmauld Place, you just had to know where it was at, and he was able to get in. Um, but we did find out in the chat that Snape did go back to Grimmauld Place, but right after Dumbledore's death to get the second part of the letter. So before Moody had. Uh, had the chance to put those enchantments on. Yep, yeah, exactly. All right, last question for today from this guy right here. Happy birthday. It's not really your birthday. Anyway, what's your question? Where are you from? Uh, hi, I'm... Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm Tyler from Bradford. And in the book, we learned that Petunia wrote a letter to Dumbledore, and Lily said that it was really kind. So what do you think his response was? Lily said that it was really kind. Oh, oh, so you're asking what the response was? Any theories? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Right, because it was, yeah, yeah. her original letter was asking to go to Hogwarts, right? So Dumbledore's, okay. Maybe it was just like, sorry, but you're not, you're not fitted for this. You're not a a witch. witch, yeah. What's that? No, but she didn't have any bags with her. I wouldn't go to Hogwarts with no bags. Okay. Who knows? We'll find out in the encyclopedia, maybe. I'm sure whatever it was, Dumbledore was working his magic, and he probably sent him little, like, chocolate-covered frogs or something like that. So we have a girl right here who came all the way from Connecticut, so I say we should give her a question. Yay! One more question, everybody. Eight-hour drive, seriously. Or remiss, I guess you should say. Hi, I'm Sarah for Connecticut, and I was just wondering, since uh, um, Dumbledore's brother, um, Aberforth, he didn't like Dumbledore, why do you live so close to him? He lived, like, right down the street from... I think real estate was probably cheap in Hogsmeade. Uh, <laughs> Clear the Hogshead there. Plus, there's probably abundance of goats around. I don't know. I can't answer that. Jamie? Maybe his job thrusted yeah. him into he got moved living away. there. To Hogsmeade, and he had to be a bartender there instead yeah. of somewhere else where he was. And he liked, he just liked being there. And on a serious note, he was part of a greater plan. And I'm sure even though Dumbledore and him hadn't reconciled, I think he probably told him a bit of a Yeah, bit of stuff and the distance the is really as far as you make it, anyways. I mean, just because they were that close to each other doesn't mean they actually had to see each other. So, And distance isn't really important in the wizarding world when you can disappear and reappear a thousand miles away in one second. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes a sense. True. Everyone's, everyone's neighbor. We do have one more person to come on up here. Alex, man. Hi. Hi. It's the end of the road for us. I'm getting a little email right now. Don't, on- don't be sad. It's all right. We'll see you guys in a... Whoa. I came all the way from Virginia, and I was wondering, um, according to your site... There's the book seven has is supposed to have 784 pages, but 
actually, that. I, actually, you, I gave you that answer. So yeah, okay, go, for, go um, for it. The, when Scholastic does the page counts, they don't do like the number. The number doesn't matter. They count every individual page. So including the acknowledgments, including the dedication, including all that, because Order of the Phoenix was originally listed as 898 pages, but the, the last page number is actually 870. So there you go. That explains that Thanks one. for playing. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've been on tour for the past eight shows. i got to say, we've all really enjoyed it. Thank you for letting us come on. Thank you guys for coming and talking about Harry Potter. I'm going to cry. Don't cry, Sims. Okay. okay. We'll see you in Can two I? days, really. Yeah, we're going to see each other in a couple of days. It's not so bad. But I wanted to, to bring up one person who's a very special person who came all the way out for our last show. You guys, Sean Astin is here. Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen. Get on my back, Mr. Frodo. And Sean wanted to say something. I just wanted to say that I think that J.R. Tolkien was the original writer of Harry Potter. I mean, the whole thing with Samwise and... I'm pretty sure you haven't read the books, so Wait, I don't think you have any room to talk. It is pretty similar. Oh, Sean, what's Mr. Your Frodo and Harry. Your It's like the same exact thing, basically. Wow. Thanks, thanks, Samwise. Rudy, 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 Rudy. Uh, thanks for letting us come on the tour, seriously. <laughs> anyway. Brandon, thank you for your so, help with all the technical thingies over there that you're doing. Also, um, thanks to Mikey for organizing this thing for us. Mikey, you're the man. Thank you, Mikey. And the, um, before we let you all go, um, the Remus Deepers are going to come up here in a minute, and they're going to rock hardcore, all you guys. But after the show, we are going to have merchandise for sale. You can buy all the Remus Lupins CDs and buttons and T-shirts, MuggleCast tour T-shirts. You can only buy them here. And also, six months ago, Warner Brothers made us stop selling T-shirts, MuggleNet T-shirts on the website. But tonight, we have a few left for sale. So after the show... You'll have an opportunity to buy those for $15 each. And that's after right. the Remus Lupins play. Yeah, so, so after around. everything is done, so that we don't have to worry about missing them at all. Now we'll do the merchandise and the meet and greet. So uh, meet and greet, merchandise, after the Remus Lupins play. They have a great show coming up. You guys are going to love this music. It's a lot of fun. So thank you, everyone, for thank coming you out. Thank you. Yes. Muggle Cast, episode 193. We'll see you guys in a little bit. <laughs>